welcome to Beautiful Possibility, the creative process journal of Jillian Jacob Kieser. That's me. I created this for all stuck, hopeful, and aspiring creatives everywhere. You are not alone. The truth is, perfectionism grabbed me sometime in adolescence and halted my creative journey for many years. Today, my desire to create is stronger than my fear. So I created this podcast as my day-to-day account of getting unstuck and into motion. In this audio journal, I'll take you along on my process of unblocking and relearning how to find joy, courage, and fulfillment in creating. I always say the only place to start is exactly where you are. So let's begin. Hi, friend. Today, I want to talk about ambiguity. This is something I think about a lot. I don't hear spoken about that much. So I'm really curious how this is going to land for you. Either way, I want to hear your reactions, but let me put the plug at the end before, instead of before I talk. So ambiguity, I think for a lot of us who are walking uh, not well trod paths in life, building our own creative practice, building our work, building our life, going and doing things that are ambitious and not in the most conventional way. So you're not going to school for the particular degree, for the particular job with the well-worn ladder to success. If I know you, and if you're listening to me, I imagine you have a bit more of a wiggly life path behind you and ahead of you that you've tried some things that have been unconventional and you've got aspiration set of things that don't have manuals that come with them. You're here to do something different. And with that ambition, with that curiosity, with that creative bent to try things that you haven't done before, to build things that don't exist yet or there is no template, comes this necessary relationship with ambiguity. Now, I'm speaking on this because I am the first person to admit (laughs) that I hate ambiguity or rather, I hated ambiguity. I am a control freak, card-carrying control freak. I love to plan. I love a spreadsheet. I love a notebook. I love a checklist. I want to know. I want to research. I want to know exactly what's going to happen and when. So just trust that I'm not like uh, airy-fairy, go-with-the-flow, spontaneity. <laughs> I had a friend who used to call it spontaneity which I always thought was delightful. But anyway, that's her. That's not me. (laughs) Love to plan over here. So why am I talking about ambiguity then? Well, because especially for folks like us who like control and like to plan, comfort and ambiguity can be and will be your secret weapon. It has been such a powerful lesson for me and such a powerful tool in my toolbox that I really want to be here and share this with you today. So when I think of ambiguity, the image that comes to my mind is picture two chairs sort of, I don't know, four feet apart, and you're sort of straddling them, 
you got one foot on each and you're not on one and you're not on the other and you're not in the middle either. You're just sort of holding this tension between two objects, two directions, and you can't resolve it. And that's uncomfortable. And you have to stay in that position for question mark, question mark. Don't know how long. That's what makes it ambiguous, right? So if your palms are sweating already, just thinking about this, you're in the right place. (laughs) So ambiguity is the sense of not knowing what's going to happen or what the result will be or what you should do in any given situation. It's not a problem you can hustle your way out of. It's not a problem you can plan your way out of. The only way to get out of it is to be in it and to surrender to being in it for as long as it takes. And in our creative work, that sometimes looks like working on something until it comes to fruition and not knowing how long that will be. Being willing to put in that investment and trusting that you're on the right path when you have no outside indication that you are on the right path or no official indication, right? There's no person that can tell you, keep going for 19 more months and then this thing will happen to you. No, we never get that especially not in the kinds of work that we're doing. You have to go on faith. And the world that you're walking into is extremely ambiguous. So this episode, the point of this episode is to call that out and give us a space to talk about this because I don't think it's talked about. We talk a lot about craft, building your skills, building your planning, your strategy. All of that is wonderful. All of that is important. But I would say on the other side, right? Like if that's your bicep, here's your tricep. (laughs) is comfort in ambiguity, being able to withstand the gray area and not just withstand it, dance with it, embrace it. Even if you don't like it, I still don't love it, y'all. I don't love it, but I've given it a name. I've invited it into the car with me and we're cruising together. Because I know that anything I want to do that's worth doing, that's worth having, is going to be on the other side of an ocean of ambiguity. And if it wasn't, it'd be something everyone has, like a sandwich, right? There's no ambiguity in ordering a sandwich. You tell them exactly what you want and you get the exact thing in five minutes and you eat it and it's fine. But anything that's really worth having is going to require you to hold hands with ambiguity and go for I don't know how long. So I want to talk about ambiguity today. I think ambiguity is an incredible life skill, not ambiguity itself, your ability to be with ambiguity, to invite ambiguity in is an incredible life skill that will allow you to thrive and flourish where others falter Because you will be able to withstand more not knowing than others. It's not about being smarter. It's not about being more crafty, more strategic. It's just about being okay with not knowing what's happening. Will ambiguity ever feel great? Probably not. But I had an amazing coach that I worked with many years ago. Her name is Rachel Cole. Rachel, I love you. And Rachel had this great way of talking about uncomfortable emotions. And the way that she talked about these was sort of um, a departure 
from the way a lot of people talk about bad emotions or good emotions, negative or positive emotions, right? Like sadness, anger, negative emotions. Happiness is a positive emotion. Great. Rachel talked about uncomfortable emotions, which is to indicate that those ones that we might put in that bad column, negative emotions are not negative. They're not positive. They just might be uncomfortable, right? You don't get to say that fear or anxiety that comes with stretching, growing, trying something new is negative. I mean, in the long run, it's probably very positive, <laughs> but it doesn't feel the same as going to a party and jumping in a bounce house and eating cotton candy, right? It's a little different. It feels uncomfortable. It feels uncomfortable. And so I thank Rachel for giving me this word of discomfort to describe some of these emotions we feel in the realm of ambiguity. Because being able to name them, we can just call them what they are and not try to fix them or turn them positive or ignore that they're happening at all and write them off. We're able to just say, this feels uncomfortable right now and keep going. Hmm. Ambiguity playbooks. Here we go. So I'll tell you a little bit of a story about when I first started to tangle with ambiguity as a concept. So the first real chapter of my career, I've told you this story before. I was a hairstylist. I worked in a high-end salon in San Francisco, and I really liked the work. And after I'd been there for about six years, I'd learned a lot. I'd gotten some success and I sort of saw the writing on the wall for me. I was like, I don't think I want to do this forever. I've really loved doing it till now. And I think I want to do something different. The only problem was I had no idea <laughs> what I wanted to do. And like beauty, I'm sure there are other industries like this. So beauty is sort of like an island, right? Like you do hair and then, I mean, you could start your own hair salon, but that's not what I wanted to do. I want to do something totally different. And so I just wasn't sure how to make that leap. And I wasn't sure how to start figuring out how to make that leap. That was sort of the rub. So I sat with this and this was really the first time I had confronted something, not just challenging, but ambiguous. And I thought about it and I realized I don't need to figure out exactly how to do this. In fact, I'm not sure there is a right way, quote unquote, right way to do this at all. I think there's just doing it. And if there's some way I can figure out how to do it that works, well, then buoy for me. So I just started doing whatever I could think of and just sort of throwing random tries at the problem. I had a client at the time who I had a really good relationship with and I asked her to dinner. She worked in sales and I was like, she probably knows some stuff about jobs people do. <laughs> at the time, I sort of had this concept of like, you know, all the jobs in a Richard Scary book, like a bus driver, a butcher, a veterinarian. I was like, these are all the jobs I can think of, a postal worker. But <laughs> I know there are a lot of jobs at offices. I don't know what any of them are or what these people do and I need to learn. So I invited this client of mine. I was like, can I take you out to dinner? I would love to just talk to you about the world of work and see if you can help me find my place. So we chatted and that ended up being the connection that got me 
my first interview. They got me my first job in this new direction. I wasn't sure that that would work. It might not have worked. Someone happened to leave at her job right when I was talking to her. And so a job opened up that was exactly the right fit for me at that time. But I couldn't have predicted that. So in living that process, I was able to start writing my playbook for ambiguity. That was sort of the first page in the playbook, which is like now whenever I have a problem that feels ambiguous and I don't even know where to start trying to solve it, I don't even know what to look up. I just start talking to people. I'll talk to whoever will listen because I've learned that people have different outside experiences with, they they touch on different vectors of this sort of problem space I'm trying to navigate. And every person I talk to will give me some in, whether it's just mentioning a word or phrase or the name of a place or the name of a person or an author or something, a school, a philosophy. They'll give me a breadcrumb. And with that breadcrumb, I can start to piece things together and get closer to what I'm working on. So talk to random people about thing is now part of my playbook for ambiguity. I've got a few other ones. I'm happy to share them, but I also want to encourage you through listening to this to start thinking about your own playbook. When are the times that you have been in an ambiguous situation and flourished, succeeded? What did you do? Rewind your tape. What did you do first, second, third? How did you navigate your way out of that forest? And start to abstract those processes and build your own playbook for ambiguity that you can use every time you're in a situation where you don't even know where to start. So another one that I use now was one that I used when I started this podcast. So when I started the show, I had no idea what I wanted it to be about. Well, I had a vague, vague sense, but it wasn't concrete enough to start a show about. I had a lot of fear. I had a lot of weird stories in my brain that was like, oh, you're not an expert. No one wants to listen to you. Uh, You you know, like, I don't want to do a show where I just like give random advice to people. I don't know. I had a lot of stories that were just stopping me from making any progress. So I was sort of open. I said to the universe, like, I'm open, like, show me something that will get me in motion. And I heard, I encountered MJ Unleashed, MJ's podcast, which is her creative journal. It was her work of becoming unblocked in her songwriting process after a bad bout of creative block. And I just loved that idea so much that I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to borrow that and build on top of it. And MJ, thank you for inspiring me so much. And that gave me enough of a frame to start. It made it feel less ambiguous. It gave me a structure to work within. And the irony is I ended up kind of pivoting after the first few episodes where I mostly talked about myself and my current state of things into something where I'm more sharing lessons, sharing things that I've taught, sharing things that I've learned That feels really good to me where I'm at now, but I needed a hook. I needed a frame. I needed something concrete to just take the first few steps. And MJ gave me that with her work and I'm really forever grateful. So that's another page in my playbook is like 
take a frame, even if you have to borrow it from somewhere, just to get you started. And once you get going, you'll kind of find your footing. But you need something to start. It's really hard to start with a totally, totally, totally blank slate. So those are some examples of some of the parts of my template for ambiguity. And I hope that this episode has given you some inspiration. I hope it hasn't confused (laughs) and derailed you by being abstract. (laughs) Um, But yeah, ambiguity, ambiguity is a part of life, especially a part of the creative life. And being able to name and sit with and hang out with ambiguity is such a key part of your success and your being able to endure both good and bad things that happen to you along this creative journey. So I wish you a long and happy relationship with ambiguity, (laughs) with not knowing, with giving up some parts of control so that you can find the things that are waiting to be found by you. It's really quite beautiful. And I invite you to start to capture your ambiguity playbook. What are the tools in your personal toolbox? What's worked for you before? What can you call on again? Let me know what they are. This is Okay, this is the plug from the beginning again. Here we go. I want you to DM me on Instagram at beautiful underscore possibility. I want to hear about what's in your toolbox. I love collecting the stuff. I would love to share this with others. But just let me know. Because um, I think that the toolbox is as personal to each person as their own creative processes, their own creative work. These are the tricks that work for your own brain to give you some sure footing in an uncertain path. So that's it for today. Hope you've enjoyed this. I hope you found it valuable. I'd love to hear your feedback. And until next time, just keep going. Thank you for walking this creative path with me. I'm so grateful to be learning with you. If you like the show, I'd love for you to share it with a fellow creative. And please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. For more day-to-day support and inspiration, join our creative community on Instagram at beautiful underscore possibility. The show is hosted by me, Jillian Jacob Kieser, and edited by Abby Circatella. The theme music is from Candelian. Until next time, just keep going.